After years on the road, Timmy parked the van and picked up the mic to bring you this podcast that features interviews with people from hardcore to hair metal. This is Talk To Me with your host, Joshua Toomey. Hey, what's up, everybody, and welcome to Talk To Me, episode 42. And on this episode, I speak to Jim Brewer. So excited about Jim Brewer being on the podcast. I've loved Jim Brewer for many, many years, from his days on SNL, from Half Baked. He has a wonderful podcast called The Metal In Me. Also, in this episode, I speak to Eric Hall, the host of the Shoot the Shred podcast. But first, let me get to some sponsors so we can get to our show. As always, guys, the Talk To Me podcast is brought to you by PuckHockey.com, and that's P-U-C-K-H-C-K-Y.com. Head over there and get some great gear for your playoff hockey run. Congratulations to the Nashville Predators for making it to round two. Imagine that as a fan, you could feel a closer bond with the athletes, musicians, artists, and other cool brands that you follow, all while participating in a huge celebration of hockey. Go ahead, close your eyes, and imagine what that would be like. Pretty cool, right? Yeah, we think so too. That was the vision that led us to create Puck Hockey. We are a boutique brand and none of our apparel is mass produced. In fact, we don't aspire to be the next Reebok, CCM, PF Flyers, Converse Chuck Taylors, any of that stuff. We want to ensure that you're getting a truly special and unique product that has been personally approved by the athletes, musicians, and artists themselves. And we love adding little extras like custom labeling, one-of-a-kind zipper pulls, and cool stickers. So head over to PuckHockey.com, that's P-U-C-K-H-C-K-Y.com, Get yourself some Dave Ellison stuff. Get yourself some 36 Crazy Fist stuff. Get yourself some Marion Hosa stuff. And once you are done shopping, enter TALK, T-A-L-K, at checkout for 10% off. Yes, for my listeners, enter TALK at checkout for an additional 10% off your order. Also, guys, head on over to Amazon.com. Search out the Talk To Me podcast. Get yourself a Talk To Me t-shirt. They come in men's sizes, women's sizes, and even kid sizes, so you can outfit the entire family in your Talk To Me t-shirt. They are only 20 bucks, and free shipping with Amazon Prime. Hey everybody, this is David Ellison from Megadeth, and you're listening to the Talk To Me podcast. Alright guys, let's do some shoutouts for sharing. Shoutouts for sharing the podcast on Facebook and Twitter. Huge thank you to everyone who has hit that retweet and share button. And this week, for sharing the Rich Ward of Stuck Mojo episode of the Talk To Me podcast, a huge thank you goes out to Andy Hot and Zero King, Scott Bowling, Robbie J of Stuck Mojo, Joel Baggett, Rico Kohler, Emma Jane, Rich Ward, Fozzie France and Fozzie Espana. And for tweets, we got Steak and Titties, Stuck Mojo themselves, Fozzie, Fozzie Forever, Kevin Gutierrez, Lisa Mikalek, Lee Latare Jr., Maria, and Marlon. And uh, just a huge thank you to all you guys out there. And please continue to hit that retweet and share button and retweet this Jimber episode. It's going to be so amazing. I can't wait for you guys to hear it. It's going to be so much fun. So when you guys see this on your feed, hit that button and continue to spread the word and let everyone know that you are listening to the Talk To Me podcast. And now for my guest of honor this week, it's Jim Brewer, and I'm so excited to have him on the podcast. Had such a great conversation with him the other day. 
couldn't have been happier with the way it came out. And I'm so excited for you guys to hear the uh, hear the interview that we had, or a little conversation. Not even that much about an interview, but uh, you know, we talk about he has a new album coming out on Metal Blade Records. It's called uh, Jim Brewer and the Loud and Rowdy Songs from the Garage. And you guys are going to be so blown away once you hear it. F- phenomenal album, and uh, I can't can't express to you how good it is. Brian Johnson makes an appearance on it. And you guys are going to love it. So uh, this is Be a Dick Tonight by Jim Brewer and the Loud and Rowdy. And then into my interview, and I will see you guys on the other side. So how you doing out there? Really good, really, really good. I'm in, uh, I'm in a good place. Very good, man. Just wanted to uh, start out, man. I've had the, uh, you know, they sent me the promo link about a week ago for uh, songs from the garage, and right. I was thoroughly blown away. Like I'm a huge metal fan, and uh, I was a little worried, you know, that I was going to get, you know, the Goat Boy song or the Joe Pesci song, <laughs> or a song about, you know, a song about half baked. But you know, this stuff is amazing. Thank you, man. That, wait, did you hear just one song or the whole thing? No, they sent me the whole thing. Oh, wow. Cool. I, I, you know what? I, listen, that's the go boy and all that stuff that's so far from the past. And, um, yeah, I started, you know, when you go, when you, when you start following your dreams and all that, it's like, you know, you get on TV where, and it was so exciting, but the public image of me was nothing what I, truly am and right. I took hold of that 
in 2008, I just changed my whole life and went, you know what? I'm going to do everything I want to do. I'm not going to go for, I'm not going to go for TV, film, all that. I'm just, as it comes along, I'll do it, but I'm doing everything I want to do. And this was, this has been in me my whole life. And then I really got the opportunity around 2010 it started, the seed was dropped again. And I really started trying to put it together since then, like finding the right members. And, and then three years ago is when it really started honing in, like what exactly I'll be writing about. And I also know just what you said, my, my biggest, my biggest um, thing that I'm trying to do with this is your exact reaction. I know as a fan because I, I keep one, I keep one foot as a fan in life, and one fan and, and the other foot in entertainment. But I also still not enjoy myself as a concert goer, as a fan of rock, a fan of whatever I'm into. So I'm very in tune with what people think and what they'll say and what they'll do. And I, I know people are gonna go what, what, is, what who's doing this, <laughs> and right. that. And that that was one of the biggest struggles. Like, do I just make up a name? Do I, do I, do I do a, a character? Like how, what, what am I doing here? How, how is, how are they going to wrap their head around this? And I think I, I think I nailed it. And I, I love that people are going to go, Jesus, dude, this, <laughs> right? this blew my mind, it blew my mind. And that, well, that's how it was when I got home from uh, I got home that day and I had it on my phone and I had it in the car and I was listening to it and I I walk at the door and my wife's like, "What's wrong with you?" And I'm like, "I just heard the new Jim Brewer album and had you not told me it was the new Jim Brewer album, I may not have even known. If you would have just told me that's the new X band, you know, right. record, I would have been like, "Oh, this sounds great." You know, it's it's got some comic relief to it, but I mean, it's also it's not a whole lot of uh, slapstick no. and fart jokes, you know? No, and I, I didn't want any of that. I didn't, I didn't, I don't want silly and funny. I want, Mevek, I struggled with putting funny in there because I, I knew maybe it was too much. The, the producer, Caggiano really, is like, listen, we got to put a little funny in there. People are, they're not going to be able to wrap their heads around this. And, so, yeah, that's why there's, like, songs like Sugar Rush and He's Going to Be a Dick Tonight. Even the last one, to be honest with you, one of my, I mean, like, my favorite ones are, I mean, I got a lot of favorite ones, but Wanna Be, I love Wanna Be, and I love um, The Unexplained. I love The Unexplained. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but the whole experience was, uh, it's, I'm so curious to see what the public, how they're going to take it. Yeah, I'm kind of curious too. I mean, it's one of the nice things about having the podcast and being able to hear a little bit of stuff, you know, prior to the the mass public getting it. Because I mean, I I'm a fan of you and I'm a fan of your podcast, and and which I think is a great tool for you guys to use to kind of get people uh, interested in the band and get the band out there. And you know, uh, even before they sent me the link, I'd actually saw you here in the Louisville, Kentucky, and bought the uh, you know backstage pass with the you know with oh, the yeah. download on it. All yeah. that fun stuff, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's and, uh, awesome. Yeah, so uh, so I was really excited to hear it, and then you know uh, the 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 Dick Tonight song. I was like, all right, it's got some comic relief to it and stuff. But uh, yeah, man, just checking it out. And the other thing, uh, you know, in my notes here about you know the album was uh, 
you know, I am, I'm a dad and I have a teenage daughter and it's so funny, <laughs> like, 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 you know, when I was a kid growing up and, you know, my early twenties, I could, I, I could relate to Motley Crue and partying and girls, girls, girls <laughs> and all that stuff. And, and now you're, you're singing my songs, man. You're like, you know, talking about having a teenage girl and all that stuff. It's so, so funny to, <laughs> to, to sit there and listen to it and then just completely relate to what you're singing on most of the songs. Well, that was, that was my, that was my tattoo. I went when I, when I was doing so like, listen, I'm not going to get the 18 year olds. I'm not going to get the 21 year old kids into kill switch engaged. And you know, the, they're, they're going to look at me like a, like a nuts. But, um, I, I was, well, uh, listen, I got a, I got a short window. I'm targeting me. Uh, the guy that grew up, Molly crew, priest, Metallica, dad, a little bit with, the hair bands, the mega death, and but I can't, you know, I can't, I can't listen to this. My kids like, look, what is this? What is, what is this? <laughs> Number of the Beast? What are you listening to? And uh, but, and I've been waiting for songs like this forever and ever and ever. So I know I'm targeting us, and yeah. I'm also, and I'm hoping to bridge a gap where our kids may go. You know what? This is this is kind of fun. This is. I like the teenage girl song, Dad, and I like the thrash <laughs> song. And yeah, I'll come check this out in concert because I, in my head, I wrote the whole thing too, as if you're going to see the concert. To me, it's all very performance driven. A lot of hooks, yeah. a lot of chants, a lot of fist pumping. Maybe not, maybe not marching. Maybe just walking quickly. <laughs> right. <laughs> No, uh, so how does the how do your kids like it? Have you played it for them yet? My little one loves it. I think she knows every single song, every single lyric. She's eleven. My fourteen year old really doesn't pay any attention to it, and neither does my seventeen year old. She's like, yeah, 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 whatever. <laughs> they, they whatever, can, dad. Yeah, whatever, dad. It's it. That's all I am to them. I'm just whatever, dad. <laughs> That's great. And I know your wife is very supportive of you. And uh, how is she, how was, how did she react when you came to her and said you were going to, you know, write and record a record? She, she said, you know, you've been waiting this forever. Just, I trust everything you do. She put a thousand percent support into it. Now here's the part that blows me away. Uh, Out of all the songs, her favorite is going to be a dick tonight. I went, what? <laughs> that's, that's your favorite song. Out of all those songs, that's your favorite song. I love that song. Here's a, here's a, here's a chick that goes to church and, you know, lives, lives like Jesus and going to be a dick tonight. That's, that's, that's her uh, fist-pumping hail song. That's amazing. So, where did the idea for the podcast come from to kind of get the uh, you know the members of the band out there and to to let the public you know kind of uh, kind of in on the secret and let them you know uh, introduce those guys to the public? Well, it's exactly what you're saying. I wanted. I, I know I know I'll have publicity and all that stuff, but I was always we're, we're hanging out with them. They're all really funny, and they're just great guys we we spent a lot of time together creating and fun constantly funny we laugh hard together and i went um 
you know, this be a good way to, to start introducing you guys. So other people start to get to know who you really are. So if we go in concert, or I should say when, when we start touring, there'll be just the Mike Tichy fans. And I like, I like Joe Vigliotti. And that's kind of cool. It's like falling in love with the band. You know, you, I grew up listening to Priest, and I loved Glenn Tipton. And so right. it's just here my way of introducing the band. And then also to eventually make this a visual thing. So we go on the road and we have, we have game shows with rock bands and we do challenges and cool stuff. So it's not just your average, you know, what was it like recording and, and stuff like that, which a lot of times I'm interested in, but it's a, it's an eclectic group that will sit down and really listen to that. Right. Yeah, definitely. I like both sides. And the one thing with your podcast too, I absolutely love the, you know, the game shows when you have a, you know, when you had Howard Jones on and you're doing, you know, name that metal scream or whatnot and all that stuff. And she's like, I was like, when I first, you know, cause I've had the podcast for like 10 months or something. And when I first heard you doing that, I was like, ah, I wish I would have thought of that, but I don't have that creative side, you know, that, that side of me to, to, to pull out a, uh, you know, name that metal scream. Well, I have to say, I, not that I cheated, but I started doing this, um, in, uh, like 2006 when I was in satellite radio and I was, right, I, was yeah. I was so frustrated there because I didn't promote us at all. We were just word of mouth. And I, I would tell them, Hey, I can get Metallica. I can get Motley Crue. And then I, yeah, 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 sure, sure, sure. And then I started getting them and you know, I'm playing, I'm playing games with uh, Metallica's wives instead. And they were just like, what, what, what just happened? And how the hell is this? And then I always, I always kept that in the back of my mind. And, and what did Laura say about that? I, I forgot what he said, but I know he was losing <laughs> the game, and he got he, he got annoyed by it. <laughs> well, wait till you hear the uh, one we did last night. Oh, oh my God, so funny! Just G came back on, and he came live, <laughs> and um, okay. I just got one of my puppets. I got my Ozzy puppet. Um, he's actually a Muppet. I have an Aussie Muppet and um, we did it. We did like three games with Gus team. I, I, we, we couldn't breathe. We were laughing so hard. It's such a great, <laughs> I can't wait for that one to come out next week. Yeah. I was listening to the episode that popped up today or last night, the, uh, with Klaus from the Scorpions on there. And, uh, oh man, how many Alex's, uh, <laughs> their, their, their tour manager, Alex is just going to be uh, bombarded with Jim Brewers now. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Kind of getting back to the record, you know, you got Brian Johnson on there, and I know that, you know, obviously with the podcast, you kind of had some turmoil there, and, uh, you know, with your episode with Brian Johnson, and I I listened to that prior, you know, I listened to, you know, I have a, a podcast sure. uh, schedule, you know what I'm saying? I listen yeah. to yeah. to you on, on Mondays and Tuesdays and blah, 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 so I kind of listened right. to that prior to the to the shitstorm that it caused, and, uh, and I was sitting there in, in, at work, and I was like, man, uh Jim's talking a lot here. This this could be uh this could go sideways and a couple hours later, man, I looked at my phone and it was Blabbermouth and the PRP and all these like metal sites just going on and on about it. But uh you know, I mean, I don't want to get too much into it cuz I don't want to Okay. get yeah. too crazy on it, but I mean, you know, how how was that for you kind of being in the, on that side of it and kind of uh I think you had good intentions and you were very yeah. innocent in your, what you said, yeah. but you know, yeah. it it went sideways quick, you know, how did that feel? The only part that I really was um, 
upset about was for Brian to be, you know, the guy wakes up in the morning and, and even me, when I, when I did it, I didn't expect that to happen. I had, I thought, I thought, first of all, I didn't think I had really that many listeners. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't check numbers. I don't do nothing. And, um, second of all, when we had, I really thought maybe people will hear it around June or July where people start going, Hey, did you ever listen to it? It's kind of cool conversation, but it's a little weird. What's going on with, with Brian and Johnson. And so to wake up the next morning, you know, I went to bed. It was a conversation late at night. And then I guess it was posted. And then I woke up in the morning with, uh, please call me ASAP and my, and, and all these radio stations and, and Mike, <laughs> Mike teacher was excited. He's like, Oh my God, we're, we're number one trending. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? And then I, I mean, I was in Turks and Caicos on vacation and I, and I looked at it and I'm like, Oh my God. Oh my God. And it just, I'm trying to think of everything I said. And at the end of the day, I, it's amazing how they just took a quote exactly, and, and really ran with it. You know, I, I remember just saying, you know, teachers like, how do you feel? I'm like, man, he just feels like he's kicked to the curb, you know, and boom, <laughs> right. all over the world. And for, I remember Brian calling, I called Brian, and I said, oh, my God, what the – he's like, Jim, you got to be careful with social media. I went, Brian, I – Jesus, I just hung up the phone last night. He goes, you didn't uh, – you know, I got a call from my friend in England. And soon as he said that, I went, oh, my God. Oh, my God, England. And he said, he said, he said that Jimmy Brewer said uh, you got fired. And it doesn't sound like something you'd say, Jim. And I went, no. I – No. I I know I didn't say get fired. I was just saying how I was kind of blown away about everything, just like everyone. But uh, you know, for him to come home and I, I'm like, why is there equipment in your? What's up with equipment? Uh, they said, what do you mean they sent it to you? What the fuck? What's going on? <laughs> what, are we, what are you talking about? Who, who's calling? Well, they don't really call. What do you mean they don't call? What do you? You're ACDC. What, what are you talking about? Don't you... What do you mean they're replacing you? Ah, oh, well, you know, I read in the paper. What do you mean you read in the paper? What's going on? So, <laughs> to just express like that and for what it turned into, the the thing that I regret the most and I still do is um, just how it, Brian felt, you know, he suddenly was in a position where he's like, hey, 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 I didn't... I, none of these are my quotes. Don't, don't, right. don't go on. This ain't me speaking. This is Jim speaking for me. And, um, I still, that still really bothers me. I think about, I, I would have traded all that press in the world for that to never have ever gone down. But as a fan, I will say, I, I don't think he was treated well at all. And, um, I don't, and I, and I, 
I think at first the perception was like, hey, what's go? Who's this guy? And now as time is slowly rolling on, more and more people going, huh? Uh, it's kind of weird what's going on here. What was what's? Brian made this statement, and they made that statement, and people will figure out <laughs> what. What I mean, I hold the truth. I know every raw fact, but um, yeah, just go ahead and tell us, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, at the end of the day, uh, no. I just uh, Brian is a huge, huge entity, and he is just as part as ACDC as the Angus brothers, whether they want to realize it or not. And um, I, as a fan. And I think I could speak for a lot of fans. It was a little awkward that here's a man that's been with you for 36 years. He took you to a new stratosphere. He put you in the stratosphere. When you first heard Back in Black and Shook Me All Night Long, you, no one said, wow, that Angus Young is amazing. They <laughs> went, Jesus, who, who is this guy? Back in Black! He's a fan. What? What? How did this guy replace Bond? How is this possible? Um, and to tour and and to be part of that band and after that long, you hear Brian's hearing is is going and he can't he can't really tour. Me as a fan, and I think most fans would would think you'd see the band together in a press conference mm -hmm. and they're Absolutely. all like, we feel horrible for Brian here. And these, we, we put so many years together, but Brian's not going to, he's going to try to get help and he's going to come with us and introduce. And we're going to, we're going to look for a singer and we're going to move on. But you know, we all love Brian and this is kind of a goodbye to Brian tour. And to not see that and just read a headline that says we're replacing looking for new singers and you don't hear anything from Brian until Axel is official. I, me personally, uh, it's a little weird. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, obviously from my, my years of touring and, and being around the music industry and knowing about, you know, in-ear technology. And so you're telling me that, that you can get a custom set of in-ears for the singer of ACDC that's going to reduce the noise and he can still, you know, hear the, uh, hear the concert. That's a crazy thing for anyone to say. So I don't understand how that, uh, how a hearing loss or hearing issues and, you know, playing open air stadiums is going to be a, uh, deterrent, you know, when you can have so many, so much in-ear technology that could, you know, silence the, silence the band except for what he needs to hear to sing, things like that. I mean, I think that, at the end of the day, I think you, they could have worked around it, and, and definitely at some point something will come out, you know, to what really happened. Yeah, and I think I think also, again, as a fan, it hurt it hurt it hurt me as a fan of. I mean, this is my all time greatest band to watch. Just the way that was. I mean, you turn you you could have made a celebration, and it, it seemed like at the end when it was all said and done. Uh, Brian came off very classy. Absolutely. And Angus came off cold, like Walmart, just replacing a <laughs> cash. Like he's replacing a cashier, which right. again, that's right. But you, 
he needs to know his audience and he yeah. needs to know how much love time and investment and money we put into Brian Johnson. And he yeah. is a huge, huge voice and part of ACDC and, and, and rock and roll period. Yeah. He's definitely, uh, you know, obviously one of the forefathers of hard rock, heavy metal and all that. And, uh, just to kind of tie it back around to the record, obviously Brian Johnson being on your record and again, again, you know, that whole, you know, where's the goat boy song, you know, where's the, the heavy metal, how, you know, you do a hokey pokey version or whatever. You know, I assumed that the Brian Johnson song would be, you know, you and him kind of going back and forth and maybe you doing your Brian Johnson impression and all this right. other stuff. But I mean, the song Mr. Rock and Roll is a complete song from start to finish. No jokes, no goofing off, no, you know, silly business. So, you know, it's, and it's one of those things where, you know, I was like, man, this could be played on classic rock radio tomorrow and fit yeah. right in. And so, so how does it feel for you to kind of, for that song to kind of come together? And then now it's going to be like the last recording of Brian Johnson, or at least the first song post ACDC to come out. I think it'll be his first post ACDC. And I think it's a damn good start because. Man, does he sound, he, I think that's the best song he's, I, I shouldn't say that because it's my song, but <laughs> wait, when you hear him first hit mm-hmm. that first, once the kid, I mean, that first line just punches you right in your face. And, um, you know, he came to me and he said, Jim, I want to be on the record me, son. Well, oh my God! I said, Brian, I'm I'm gonna take you up on that. He's like, No, no, I mean it. I mean it. I I really mean it, my son. And um, here's the funny thing: we actually try to write a funny song, and I think he wanted it a lot goofier. I kind of wanted to shy away from goofy, and I didn't. I didn't imagine it being as powerful and a kick-ass song that it really, and kind of becoming an anthem, where. The original concept, and it's still there. If you listen to his side of the lyrics that I wrote, he, it's all about, we had a conversation, we're like we're sick and tired of, he said he's sick and tired of people thinking I'm old and I'm out and I'm no good anymore. And at the end of the day, I'll be the last one standing. I'll drink you under the table. I'll shag your women. And I am Mr. Rock and Roll. <laughs> that, and we were laughing. He's like, yeah, you know, he goes, do your thing, Jim, you know, right about spending the kids tuition and stuff like that. And so in my head, it's a funny visual, but when you listen to the song, it doesn't sound funny, right? but it kind of was first written to be a little funny, you know, um, once the king of the mountain back to claim what now, when I listen to it, mm-hmm. I, I get goosebumps and I know this sounds corny, but I swell up. My eyes swell up because I think this is his yeah. I'm still alive song. I, I, for, I didn't until until these circumstances happened. I uh, no one. I didn't. Nobody saw this coming. But now <laughs> here he is out in the know. And and if that became something, if it became you know, good God, a, a top twenty, a top fifty. I swear to God. I will be, I, I will swell up in tears from my happiness just for him to show the world I can still bring it and I can still bring it hard. Because he, I think he brings it hard in that one. 
Absolutely does. And it's a very fortuitous song now, you know, with the circumstances. That's awfully, obviously crazy. And, uh, man, Jim, I know crazy. we don't have much more, right? I know crazy. we don't have a whole lot more. <laughs> I know we don't have a whole lot more time, but I do have two more questions for you. And, uh, yeah. just kind of wanted yeah. to get them out there. And, uh, sure. obviously growing up, I'm a huge SNL fan and I was trying to like, you know, kind of pull it in there and try to keep it music related. But, uh, yeah. you know, there was a time in my youth where I was recording Headbangers Ball on VHS and watching yeah, Saturday Night Live yeah. in the other room, you know. So yeah, yeah. SNL SNL to me now is, I was joking the other day, I was like, it's not Saturday Night Live anymore. It's Sunday morning DVR, but that's, that's oh, because I'm old and that's been beyond the point. But uh, so just uh, musically on SNL, what was like one band that kind of came through SNL that you just like freaked out about and had to check out, you know, during rehearsals that week? Oh, there was a lot of them. There was... um. To me, I, it's funny. I just, I just was asking. I just told someone the band that blew my mind was um, Smashing Pumpkins, and they did Rat in a Cage, and um, and I, I forgot the name of the other one, but they just, I, I was, I was blown out of my mind watching them in front of me just rehearsing and tearing it up um metallica was fun but but smashing pumpkins that was to this day i think that was my all-time favorite performance by any band that i saw on snl that's awesome man yeah i love i love all those you know so many classic musical performances on snl and that's you know one thing that uh I think some of the, some of the later seasons that we've had recently are kind of missing, but uh, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> and then uh, you know the one bummer, dude. I'm, I'm trying yeah, to get on I, I, My dream is one of these songs hit, and I'm able to be a musical guest on SNL. That is, oh wow, I want that so badly, so badly. Like teenage girls becomes huge pop song for some bizarre reason. <laughs> And they have me as a musical guest. I'm, it'd be weird to see the album finally gets me to host SNL, but I'll keep those dreams alive. Great. I know we would all enjoy that, too. All right, I've got one last question. This comes from my Patreon page. A listener, Eric Hall, asks, using the members of the Big Four, what would be your super group? Oof. Uh, from, the big, from the Big Four, if I took the Big Four? Yeah. And I put, just... Well, I would definitely put uh Mustaine and Hetfield back together. So Absolutely. Oh man. Um I would take Scotty in. Okay. I'd keep Lars. And now <laughs> I have to I'd have to and then I would oh wow yeah, Dave Ellison, Robert Trujillo. What's that? I, I oh I'd have to take uh Oh my God! What's his name from Slayer? Um, Tom Araya. Yeah, I think so. Bass player. So, so what does that give me? Um, I think you've got three guitar players, a drummer, and a bass player. So. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm. I think I'm good with that. I got some good singers there, and that's that's. I think that's my super powerhouse metal. We're gonna beat you to death. <laughs> that's great man so uh, what's the kind of just the wrapping it up what's the future of the band you know when the album comes out may 27th right yeah may 27th comes out we're on some we're on three festivals chicago open air um i don't know the name of the one 
in Chester, Pennsylvania, and I know we're in one in Houston, and we're going to play some dates in Brooklyn, New York, every, uh, the last two Mondays in, um, August, and the, I mean, the last two Mondays in July and the first Monday in August at a place called the Knitting Factory in Brooklyn, and, um, I don't know what I'm hoping is a huge tour in the winter and all of next year. That's if I can do a big headline tour and the music hits, I want this thing to hit. I really do. I, and I, I don't need it to be top 10, whatever, but I just, if we could do a house of blues tour and pack those places out and give the fans exactly what I have in my mind, I think we would blow people out of their minds with the show. We're going to bring them. I mean, yeah, from listening to the album, I 100% agree. I think it has potential to do exactly what you want it to, man. And, uh, you know, just coming from a fan that, of metal since I was a, a young little kid, you know, I, I'm skeptical when anything comes through. I'm skeptical when Fozzie puts out an album and it's a wrestler. And singer, <laughs> you know, like, just like <laughs> and uh, so uh, I just had Rich Ward on the podcast. The podcast that came out today was a Rich Ward from Fozzie. So, um <laughs> so yeah, so, so I'm skeptical when it comes to Fozzie. I'm skeptical, you know, just any any kind of actor, music, you know, actor, wrestler, comedian turned metal, you know, you know, that's just it's always a recipe for like I don't know about this, but uh, so of course, so, so for me of to, course, and I'm well aware of that. I'm well aware of it. <laughs> cool, man. Well, thanks for taking some time today, Jim, and uh, good luck in the future. And I uh, will talk to you soon, man. Thank you so much. Thanks for uh, having me, and I'm I'm psyched you like it. And there you guys have it, my interview with the one and only Jim Brewer. And I just have to say that I was so excited when I got the okay that this interview was going to happen. I'm so excited that, uh, you know, he came on the podcast. He was so cool and so open. And uh, I just uh, can't say enough great things about Jim Brewer. And make sure that when on May 27th, when Jim Brewer and the Loud and Rowdy songs from the garage come out, you go out and you support Jim and all that he's doing because he's given all of us so much laughter over the years. And now he's given us some great metal. Go and support Jim. Thank you guys for checking it out. Thank you, Jim Brewer, for coming on the Talk To Me podcast. And up next, guys, I have my chat with the host of the Shoot the Shred podcast, Eric Hall. Eric Hall, over the last few weeks, has become a fast friend. And uh, we just have a quick chat, nice little uh, get-together and talk some podcasting and all that fun stuff. So I hope you guys enjoy my talk with Eric Hall. So without any further ado, here's my chat with Eric Hall. Yeah, everything sounds good. Yeah, it was funny uh, kind of going back into podcasts and like li- listening to uh you know, kind of going through the archa- archives of uh, shows, and I'm like, I got into the Nerdist, like, hardcore, like, oh, listening, yeah. bin- like, binge listening to the Nerdist, and I was like, you know what, I'm going to go back and listen to, to their episode one, and I was like, there's no way it can be good, you know, it's got to still have, like, some sort of glitches in it, or, yeah. you know, just not have the right format or something, and I go back, and it's like a perfect podcast, I'm yeah. like, those motherfuckers, man. I know, sometimes it's, like, discouraging, but then you realize, like, the scale and the money and the type of guests yeah. that they're working with and the sponsorships they have. You're like, okay, yeah, they, they, they have it going on. They've got teams of people behind them editing and doing this and that. Like, they don't even edit those episodes. Like, they just record them, and then they just, they're done. Yeah. They've got teams of no, people. No, it's crazy. Yeah, they edit, you know, the, yeah, they record them and send them off, and, 
you know, they don't like I've heard a lot of podcasters talk about how they don't ever listen to their episodes. And I'm like, I have to listen to my episodes like 900 times oh, just yeah. to make sure make sure nothing crazy happens on it. You know? For sure. I mean, I do the same thing. It's like I've even thought about like, I wonder if I could like send episodes out to be edited. Well, so I don't have to worry about it. And then it's like, well, then I wouldn't know exactly what's going on. And I don't like that. But whereas they're right. like they're more or less just concerned with the content, the guest and pay, pay people to know <laughs> what to edit. Right. I guess Hardwick had a. Uh, you know, history and radio too. So True. it's not He's like good. he kind of went into it. You know, he didn't go into it uh, blindly like I did. I just kind of grabbed literally like my first episode is like, I got a $25 USB mic and ran it into our 10 year old desktop Yeah, with like no filters, no nothing. And yeah. I'm just like, I, I'm just like screaming. I'm like, ah, welcome to the podcast. <laughs> and then, uh, my interview was with my, uh, with Barry Donegan right. on my, on my cell phone with a call recorder app. So, so like, and actually, the first probably twenty or so episodes, all my all my calls were just call recorder app um, phone calls. It was pretty ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, that's the cool thing though about it is it, instead of just saying like, "Well, I don't have the gear to start." I mean, I'm one of those guys that listens to like podcasts about podcasting. I'm a yeah. totally nerd. I'm totally a nerd about it. <laughs> right. I listen to the, uh, the podcasters roundtable is what I listen to is mostly. But there's a guy, Ray Ortega, he's like super helpful. Helped me set up this like uh, mixing board so I could do mix minus calls. And like, I, he's so helpful. But he does a show where he talks to other podcasters. So I uh, I hear them talk a lot about it on there. Like, just just start, just do it. Don't even mm-hmm. worry about the gear. So I, that's what I thought was cool. And, and being somebody who listens to the podcast all the time and does one, your first couple episodes to me, I'm like, he just wants to do it. The drive is there. And then you do it. And as you go, the gear grows and the the knowledge grows. So you start out with those because I had the same thing. I had a it had like this ground loop buzz in like the first several episodes that I didn't <laughs> figure out until like maybe like a few weeks after I I did a whole bunch of episodes and I was like oh it's just like but it was just like I had one thing plugged in that didn't need to be plugged in but I didn't know right. that <laughs> right. you're just like learning all this stuff and you go back and listen to them and you're like ah, I can hear it nobody else probably can but I can yeah I've listened to those uh, first couple episodes where I just. Absolutely had no idea what I was doing. And, uh, yeah, it's just not that I know what I'm doing now, but I, I know a little bit more. And, uh, I always in my head, they're cringeworthy, but I'll, yeah. you know, I'll, I'll just kind of throw them on every once in a while just to kind of see where it was. And actually they're not that bad. They're just in my brain. They're just right. God awful. You know, the, some of the levels are all over the place, but other than that, I think, uh, for the most part, they're not terrible and, uh, you know, not, not, not too bad. <laughs> People are listening, man. I enjoy it. I listen every time yeah. you put an episode out. They don't even. And if the content is there, then that's your most important yeah. aspect. And I've kind of learned that too. It's like just just have the conversation. And you know, if, if the level's a little low on his end, and and you know, it's like if the content's good, people are going to tolerate it. Because I've done that with many podcasts. Where I'm like, eh, I wish the level, I wish the total volume was a little bit louder. But it's like, but it's still a good show. So right. Yeah, that's the one thing with. Um I've I've thought about going back to the early episodes of the podcast and like re you know remixing them you know remixing yeah. remastering going back and uh, you know adding a little bit of stuff here and there but the, I've also got buddies that are like just leave them alone just like let people mm-hmm. go back and kind of see the the progression of the podcast and let them let them be the judge of if they you know if they think it sucks or not but the only thing about that is like Colt Cabana one day was I was listening to his podcast and I like him a lot but uh, he actually took down his first like thirty episodes. And he took them down because he didn't want someone to come across them and think that that's what his podcast sounds like. And like, oh, this guy's garbage and then move on. So so there's like a the two two schools of thought there. Mm-hmm. And I think both of them are right. Yeah. I mean, if it depends. I mean, if you've got a, like a high profile image like that and you want to portray something, I guess I could get it. But 
for me, it's like that. Yeah, that's what they are. That's where I was at when I started, and they're still there. And like I said, I think the conversations were cool. So, but that's it. I mean, I kind of, I kind of just learned it as I went. And I've gotten, I've gotten, I feel like my my concern mostly not so much the quality of the actual shows. I think it's been pretty decent throughout. Is just having the conversation and interviewing is learning that skill. That skill in itself yeah. is uh, way more difficult than than you might think to keep a conversation going and like have a story arc to it. You know, as yeah. I try to do, it's cool. Yeah, it's fun. I mean, uh, you know, you have a very, uh, you know, how did you get started kind of podcast. And I yeah. do that with some people. There's some people, you know, I, I want to do that. Like, I want to keep it in the more Jamie Josta vibe where he just talks about whatever. For sure. You know, a lot of the stuff that I love to listen to is I love to hear about people's story about how they got into music. Were they in a musical family? Were they, uh, you know, what made them want to play whatever instrument they had? What was their first instrument? Things like that. So, So there's like a... Like a give and a take in my interviews where I want to I want to learn all that old stuff, but also just want to talk about random stuff too. Definitely, I mean I've got uh, I've got a very structured format, but at the same time it's very loose, and that's what I tell people when I when I send them information about the show. I'm like, there's a for, there's a format I want like I want to have an arc to this, but within that arc we talk about whatever you want. I mean I'm not I'm not yeah. I'm like, so I kind of keep it. I guess I I go more of the Marin influence. Which I think you called me the metal Mark Marin, which is like, <laughs> you like wear a T-shirt that says that. Uh, yeah, but, I mean, like I like I say, the only <laughs> actually, you want my only critique of your show? Yes, I want. I love them. I love critiques. When it stops, like when you're like, all right, thanks, have a good day. You literally like just stop. Like it's the podcast is over. Yeah. And it, like, and like I, I like the podcast where they kind of like, all right, you know, that was thanks to that cast for coming on, and it kind of like, you know, where your story arc kind of goes up. And you're still oh, kind of yeah. up, and then all of a sudden you just kind of stop it without like kind of landing the plane, as I, I said about the, in the Rich Ward episode. Yes, and I then, did like that you know, line too. It was a perfect analogy. And then, uh, <laughs> which is funny on that Rich Ward episode because I said that 45 minutes into our hour and a half <laughs> podcast. I know, but I mean, we literally just kept talking, and like I literally, you know, it was one of the things where you almost had to just like hit stop. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, I've, I've had those two where they just keep going. And I'm like, man, I got to work at six in the morning tomorrow, but whatever, <laughs> I'll do it. No, I, I agree with you though. And I've actually thought about doing that. So that might be something that I incorporate um, into it. Cause it doesn't take much to do a little, uh, wind down. You know, I've right. already, I already record the intro separately. So it wouldn't yeah, take exactly. much to just do a, okay, cool. Thanks. That was uh so-and-so check out, you know, fastback guitars, a sponsor. I mean like do a little yeah. shout out at the end. I thought about doing that. So you know what? I might actually, I probably will start doing that. And I'm telling you, man, those little like, you know, where you do that post podcast jams on your Facebook, man, yeah. just throw those on the end of the podcast too. I mean, there's, there's True. no, uh, I mean, it's a shoot the shred podcast. I mean, you're not shredding after the podcast, but I mean, you throw a riff on there, and everybody loves a good riff. Oh, who doesn't, man? That's that's it. That's the riffs, baby. Yeah, I always uh, I just talk about guitars for like an hour, an hour and a half, and then I turn everything off and I turn around and there's guitars on the wall, as you can see. And it's <laughs> right. like, how do I not pick one of those up right now? I know. So what it's would you say is your uh, of all your guitars? What would you say is your favorite? Oh man, do you like, <laughs> listen to like the last fifteen episodes? And you oh, might, man. somebody might be able to figure it out, but I would say <laughs> this is the drinking oh. game that we came up with uh, over the Facebook Messenger. I said uh, every time I mention it, you got to drink the uh, Squire. Did your last episode with that dude? You were, you guys were talking guitars, and he was like leading you right to it. And I'm like, he's about to say it. He's about to say it. He's gonna say it. You know, and then, yep. and because you because he was talking about, uh, oh man, like something about. Um, just the different electronics in his guitar and yeah. how he built his own. I mean, that dude built everything. Dude, I know, <laughs> like right? Around, uh, and, 
And you actually had a great question on there, and you know, not to blow too much smoke up your ass, but uh, you had it. a great question on there where you were like, he said, because there was one point I'm like, dude, man, this guy just needs to like calm down and just enjoy playing music or right. something because he was, he was so focused on, uh, he was so focused on like the electronics and like, well, this pedal would be great, but the it has too much gain and there's no way that the circuit board would ever blah 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 and right. Like, and you you asked him, you know, like, do you ever think that, you know, maybe uh, you, know, you could just let that go and enjoy a pedal? And he's like, nope, not at all. Yeah, you know, and I got to respect that, too, because like, that, that's his whole thing. But at the same time, I, yeah. if I ever get too, like, far off into the weeds about thinking about that stuff, I'm like, I'm not, at this point, I'm not even playing guitar. Like, I'm thinking <laughs> right. about it, and it's like, wait, what am I doing here? But some people, that's their thing, is, like, to get inside of it. I like, I like other people to figure that stuff out for me. So I need guys like yeah. that to figure out the inside so I don't have to think about it. But... Oh yeah, so I'll, I, have, I didn't mention it yet. So Squire, Stage Master, Seven String. Um, <laughs> you want the whole spiel? It's not really a Squire. It doesn't feel like a right. Squire. I go through the whole the whole gamut because I say Squire, and people <laughs> are like, "Oh, you mean one of those starter pack guitars?" I'm like, "Yes, but no." I'm telling you, come over and play it. I love that thing. It's loaded up with some good pickups. Uh, it's great. I had played like a Fender Squire bass, like a P bass copy in the early 2000s. I think I think that's about the time of that guitar, right? Yeah, early 2000s, your, like 2000. I think that's where they were trying to put a little bit of extra money into the Squire brand, and mm-hmm. uh, and they were making some good stuff. I think, and they, they've got they've got some cool stuff out um, quality wise. I think they've stepped the game up a little bit. I, I don't know if it's just uh, technology to you know NC those guitars has become a little bit more available, and you know price points have come down a little bit for that kind of stuff. But I think they. I think this. I played some Squire stuff, like the. There's like a little bit more upgraded Squire, Telecasters and stuff, and I think they're doing a little bit more with that line, trying to be more affordable. But I think they were, they were trying to make uh, higher quality guitars under a Squire label, especially that because it's a, a it's a seven string, which there's no seven string Fender. It's got a reverse headstock and it's got a Floyd Rose. It's like totally not a Fender guitar. Right. So they kind of I think just were trying to compete with another market and it didn't work out and. They're still they're still floating around. Yeah, and what's funny too is if like anybody knows me, like I am not a gear person at all. Like I when I even when I played bass, I like I found like the head that I liked, the cabinet that I liked, the bass that I liked, and nothing else. Like I don't want anything else. I would have bought a hundred of a hundred of that bass and a hundred yeah. of that head and a hundred of that cabinet if I could have, you know, like just to I, I was never into pedals. I was never into you know, like, oh, well, this is a blah 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 pickup, and uh, you know, I'm like, it just sound I like I'm I'm a, I'm an it's I'm an it sounds good kind of guy. I'm like, it's I just sounds good, really, you know. And then I I don't really get too much into like you know what wood the bass was made out of, and you know the the type of strings that I found. You know, I would find a good set of strings, and I would always use that set of strings. It was never. I'm gonna test out this new wound woven, <laughs> you know, nonsense. <laughs> right. So there's to get a different tone. There's so much stuff out there. It's, it it bogs you down for sure. It's fun. Yeah. It's fun to do and talk about. You know, it's mostly just fun to talk about because it's like, and then you start putting a lot of money into this stuff, and it's, it's crazy, man, to uh, to think about all the stuff that's out there now, specifically pedals, and there's so much. There's so much out there that, like, like I said, at some point you're not even thinking about or playing music. You're just, you know, you're you're worried about a lot of different things that don't contribute to the music. You just play it. So I think your idea yeah. mixed with a little bit of like gearhead, like right in the middle, like I know what sounds good and I want quality, but I just want to be consistent. At the end of the day, that's, that's where you want to be. I would say consistency, just make sure everything right. sounds good, you know? Right. So you're from, uh, you're from the Michigan area up there in Michigan and, uh, yeah. primer played some of the best shows I think we ever had. We, we played up in, uh, 
played the machine shop, which you talk about some. I love that place. That's a great, it's a great, great venue. And then um, next week, next week to see Devil Driver. There you go. Oh yeah. Get to get a get those guitar guys on. I know. I'd love to. I gotta just, (laughs) I gotta throw some stickers at them or something. Do something. But uh, yeah, machine shop and then um, Harpo's. We played Harpo's in Detroit. Oh yeah, that's Uh, quite an area. That was one. Yeah, actually, that's the that's the story with Harpo's. Was uh, Primer had already played there before I'd gotten there, and then. you know, we tour the next tour I'm on and uh, we go to Harpo's and that was the one time they were like, do not leave the venue. And I'm like, what do you mean I can't leave the venue? I'm like, and and then me being me, I had to go and walk around Harpo's and I I did one one uh, stroll around the block and immediately went back and I was like, yep. I'm not leaving the venue. This place. <laughs> it is. But, yeah, uh, it was, it's it's very uh, notorious for just being that like you just drive by and you're like, that just looks like it's in a terrible spot but it was like the only place you know so it was like the only place for a little while and the machine shop didn't open until like oh two i think oh one or oh two and it's like yeah we a, played there in oh two so yeah a lot of the bands that that like i think actually on that devil driver tour that's coming through michigan they actually had both dates on there they had the like the seventh and the eighth like the seventh machine shop the eighth at harpo's and like I think that that was the the tour flyer they went out. That was a typo or something like that. Okay. So I think like a lot of bands that were playing there are kind of like going over to to see Kevin at the Machine Shop because he's everybody knows him. I mean, like oh, what's his name? Uh, Mike Portnoy wears a Machine Shop hat everywhere, <laughs> right? You know what I mean? Like that's one of the biggest endorsements you could get from a club. And they just played there with the Adrenaline Mob and oh, no, uh, Metal Metal Allegiance. So they Metal I think that's what Alliance. it is. Metal Alliance. Yeah, yeah, I think it's Alliance. They just play but, uh, there. So, I mean, they get it's getting to the point now where like that's the that's the spot. And it's it's in Flint, which isn't the greatest area, but I go there all the time, and that's probably my favorite place to see a show. And and everybody loves going there to play, so it's it's cool. They're taken care of, and they have fun playing, which is in turn probably creates a good show. Speaking of bands from up there, um, how is Chiodos uh, kind of t- kind of taken up there? For a while, I think when they were at their at their peak, it was like everybody liked to say that they were from here. You know, everybody likes to have that band that like, hey, they're from yeah. our area. I think they're from Davison, which I think it's Davison, which from me in Clarkston is like it's like fifteen twenty minutes. Like it's all within like my middle yeah. of the you know it's not up north, but we're we you know we're, we're a little further out than I'm like forty forty minutes from Detroit. So I mean like you're a little further out here, and Davison's in that same same area. So. I think for a while it was just cool to say that that band was from your area. Like people say Kid Rock's from Michigan. Yeah. That's the thing. Like he's from Michigan. You have, like, you can attach yourself to that. So when they were at their peak, it was cool to say, oh, yeah, I know, uh, you know, I know where those guys live. I know that city. I've been in that city. And, and there's, there's people that I knew that would say, oh, yeah, I was friends with so-and-so. And, you know, I, I played in the bands with him before he played in this band. So, I mean, it was cool to be able to have that connection to a band that was – uh making waves for sure you know it's always it's always good to see your city or neighbor cities represented in the scene <laughs> what about uh what about icp <laughs> man they get such a bad rap but are, are they i think they're probably they're probably i i see i'm trying to think of one like i don't hear about them that much anymore but it's another thing like they you know they had their peak and now they're just like consistently killing it though yeah but like i always listen to like um I didn't get an ICP. I got into Twisted, which is like you know, like an offshoot. Like you, you know, I'm sure you know them. <laughs> oh yeah. So like that's what I got into. But there's there was there's that here for sure. And there's a I'm trying to think of some other stuff that was like big. I can't. I keep drawing a blank. But there's always a 
there's always a little something that comes out of here that, that people dig for sure. But that, yeah, those are yeah. those are that's a pretty polarizing group. ICP for sure. No, like uh, the Detroit area has always had some great stuff like Alice Cooper and uh, yeah. MC5 and all that stuff yep. coming out of there too. So you know you've you, great heritage in uh, in the Detroit area. I'm not just trying to you know. Like, oh no, I know. That's but, all uh, part of it though, for sure. I mean, that's definitely part of the. Uh, because that's definitely Detroit. Is a it's a mix of all things crazy and otherwise. I mean, you got Jack White, probably one of the biggest guys in the game. You know, uh, he's na- he's a Nashville boy now. Come yeah, on. I know. I don't even. <laughs> I heard him. I listened. Went back and listened to his Marin episode because I I found out that I had YouTube Red and I didn't even realize it because he used Google Play. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh man, all these old, old Marin episodes in his episode, and I'm like. I mean, they talked about Detroit when he was growing up, but they were mostly talking about like Nashville and who he's recorded in his Nashville studio. I'm like, yeah, you're from, you, you, you kind of, not that he's lost <laughs> touch with it, but it's like, you know, you, you live Kid in Rock was there for a while too, so well, taking all your oh, yeah. good boys. I think everybody funnels <laughs> down. I, you know, you got to get out at some point. But he does. He did open a third man record store here, so I mean, he's a, oh, uh, cool. he's a, uh, and I think he's he's like gonna start making baseball bats with the, one of the Tigers. <laughs> I read that okay. article the other day, and it's like. Hey man, gotta get in the business somewhere. Life after yeah. music, baseball bats. Baseball bats. Yeah, that's the one thing, man. I mean, uh, even you know, last episode of Rich Ward just talking about uh, having so many different uh, avenues to make money. You know, because obviously yeah. records aren't selling these days, and so you know, bands can uh, can get into any business. I mean, Dave Ellison's selling coffee, and, mm-hmm. and Jack White's about to start selling baseball bats. And, right. You know, you just gotta kind of get in where you fit in, I guess, at this point. And uh, the, you know, the the lure of the you know the eighties limousines and uh tour buses and gigantic rock shows is pretty much dead you know you got to find uh got to find avenues to make this make money somewhere yeah for sure and it's a, it's a totally different world i don't talk about it too much on my show i mean streaming is such a hot topic and i i don't i don't get really too uh opinionated i guess on twitter and social media i just i don't know if it's the place but i've kind of like i've kind of like i really think streaming is awesome i use it all the time i'd still buy music but I just wish that they would take a little bit more, um, I mean, labels or whoever. I mean, artists are always going to get screwed. They're always getting screwed. And I, I understand that the streaming is like a terrible way for them to make money. They don't, don't make money. It's like the worst way for them to make money because they don't make any. Right. Like it's not, but it's not going away, though. And I just wish that somehow they could incorporate themselves into it a little bit better instead of like just fighting it. But, I mean, that's that's a rabbit hole conversation. But Well, yeah, I had uh, – I had posted on Facebook not too long ago because I was I had heard so many musicians talking about being very anti-Spotify and and I think I had maybe like an early version of Spotify maybe a few mm-hmm. years ago or just when it kind of first came out and I didn't really care for it too much so I just never really touched it and um, and so I kept hearing about Spotify again and I was like you know what I'm going to check it out and I put it on Facebook. I was like, is this something I should be you know into or looking into and you know some of my friends that I uh value their opinion wrote back like you absolutely need spotify and then uh so i get it and you're just driving in the car and you're like i haven't heard this album in a long mm-hmm. time i wonder if it's there boom it's there, there you're listening to it or or like a lot of the times now where i'll be listening to a podcast and someone will bring up like an old record and you're like oh yeah i haven't heard that album in forever and mm-hmm. bam you're, you're you're immediately listening to it it's it's ridiculous how how just uh so much music is at the at the fingertips at this at this point I think it's great. I mean, it's cool. Obviously, I mean, I don't make money playing music, so I'm on the, I'm totally on the fan side. Anytime I, <laughs> I anytime never I, did either. So, <laughs> <laughs> anytime I talk about it or like have conversations with people that are in the business, it's yeah. kind of like I, I don't. I know what you're saying, but I'm, I take it from a fan's perspective. Like, man, I can't spend twenty dollars every week on albums. I got. I mean, I've got. 
and I know that's like taking away your livelihood and you, you do it for a living, but it's like, I got to think about myself too. I mean, be a little selfish about it. Like 10 bucks a month, I can yeah. stream whatever I want. Like I'll do that and buy an album every couple weeks or months, you know, like I'll do, I'll buy something, I'll go see a show, but I don't know. It's a, it's, it's a hot topic for sure. I just know. <laughs> and my main thought is that like, it's not going away. The genie yeah. can't go back in the bottle. Streaming is here and it's probably going to get even more, uh, you know, all encompassing. So it's like, adopt it but like i said some some bands they'll they'll do it they'll do all the other stuff that goes along with play music vip stuff like you your rich ward episode you guys were talking about having to do that and that was a really great episode and i think he had a good outlook on it like hey i'm just i'm making music i understand that it's different nowadays and i'm, I'm adapting and i think that's great yeah yeah it's definitely fun i mean watching the vip package stuff and uh all the things you can do and like i just i just kept saying on the on the interview i was like you know as a kid my thing was find the band, you know, find the band and uh, what hotel they might be at or go to the venue early and stake out their buses. And, you know, it was, it was truly a game of, you know, a buddy of mine, we would just go and find where they were staying. And, and it got to a point to where we kind of knew where the bands like to stay and, and all that stuff. And I met, you know, Pantera and Metallica and Megadeth and all those bands when I was like 14, 15 years old, just by, uh, being persistent and, uh, and now it's like, you know, would I have paid a $200 VIP package to meet the band, get the autograph, you know, hear a sound check and all that stuff. I mean, it's a, it's a hard thing to, to wrap my head around if I would have done it as a kid or if I would have still liked the, uh, treasure, treasure hunt that it was. Yeah. I mean, that was definitely a fun part of it. You know, because you, there was no other way to do it. Like you didn't have access to it at all. You know, it's right. funny. I was gonna say <laughs> when you were when you were talking to Chris Voles from Flaw, all I could think about was the time that I saw Flaw at the Machine Shop with with the original lineup with the, when Lance was playing guitar with them. Right. And uh, we were in the parking lot, and I was probably in college at the time, and we'd loved the band, and we went and saw um, saw a bunch of things there. But we had been talking to we talked to Lance in the parking lot, and I just remember this totally ridiculous statement. He's like, "Man." My dick smells like a halibut right now. And we were like, holy shit. So that's an experience you can have uh, post-VIP yeah, without the VIPs. You're like, well, you that's that interesting. Free. Yeah, you're like, okay, man, I think we're going to go back in the venue now. <laughs> yeah, right. That's, a, that's all I, th- I think about that when I think about Flaw, though. It's funny. And you wonder why he's not in the band anymore. Yeah, right. So, <laughs> what are you telling our fans out there, dude? <laughs> that's awesome I, man. Just, uh, I had to say it because I, I, I i've never said it on the podcast anymore so i, right, I, I no, don't get that on, on wax man or digital wax, right. whatever you want to call it digital wax yeah i think the nerdist was talking about putting a putting in a special episode out on cassette one time i thought that was a pretty funny idea i would get it i mean my uh, <laughs> i said the cassette thing is like weird to me because i mean I, I don't i don't like collect vinyl i'm not against it i just don't do it it's funny, the only, only vinyl I have is Purple Rain, and it's passed down right. to me from my mom. I don't even have a record player, but I still have it. Um, but, like, the cassette thing, I'm like, man, we're going backwards, I feel like. Let's, we're going, <laughs> it's nostalgia, however, I guess, you know, however you can sell records, but, like, cassettes, like, that's a weird one to me. Vinyl, I get. Cassette, it's like, it's not even like, you can't even put that in your car. I listen to music in my, my car and at work, <laughs> so it's like, I'm not walking yeah. around with a, with a cassette player, and I don't have one in my car, so. <laughs> I don't know, man. No, not me. That's fun stuff, man. Well, uh, Eric, let everybody out there know how they can find your podcast and all of your uh, social media stuff. Across the board, ShredPod is the uh, social media account name. So Twitter is at ShredPod. Instagram is at ShredPod. Those are the two most active places. Like you said before, the post-podcast riff. I post a lot of stuff <laughs> on Instagram. Um, 
I post, I mean, obviously my uh, guitar videos, little 15 second riffs I come up with down here in the basement. Um, I've just recently started like putting some music behind them, so that's been fun. So there's a there's a little bit more uh, content besides the podcast going on over there. And facebook.com slash shredpod. Um, let's see. Email, shoot the shred at gmail.com. And, and I've got a Patreon page as well, um, working towards that first goal. And once that happens, there'll be a little bit more content uh, video-wise going on over there. But uh, I put of uh, I put up over over there just different uh, different things, you know, interview announcements for certain tiers, um, guest announcements at certain tiers. I mean, episode previews. Everything's kind of like that's it's almost treated as my website of sorts. Um, so you can you can check everything out over there. And the podcast is available everywhere you can find them. But the uh, actual host site that has everything listed out in the website style is shredpod.simplecast.fm. So you can listen to it there, but iTunes everywhere. Uh, yeah, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Patreon. All right, man. Appreciate it. Hey, this is Frank Fonsere from Stuck Mojo and Fozzie, and you're listening to the Talk To Me podcast. And again, guys, thank you to Eric Hall and to Jim Brewer for coming on the Talk To Me podcast. And if you want to support the Talk To Me podcast, make sure you're going to your iTunes and your Google Play and your Stitcher and you are hitting that subscribe button and you are rating and reviewing the podcast. And if you want to go above and beyond and support the podcast in a monetary fashion, go over to patreon.com slash talk to me. There's a lot of great tiers up there, a dollar, three dollars, five dollars, ten dollars. Get some bonus content, get uh, guest updates, get to ask the guest questions, all that great stuff over there, patreon.com slash talk to me. And uh, even if you do the, the dollar a month plan, it will help out tremendously. So thank you guys for checking out the Talk To Me podcast. I will see you guys next Tuesday when my guest is Stevie Benton of Drowning Pool. Such a cool guest. It was fun to chat with him. And if you know my history with Drowning Pool, we, we go through some great, great classic drowning pool nonsense and talk about Dave Williams and all of that great stuff. So great chat with Stevie Benton of Drowning Pool, and I will see you guys next Tuesday. So for the Talk To Me podcast, I am Joshua Toomey, and you guys have a great weekend.